Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk About It with Lani and Wani. We're back after a couple week break. Yes, we're back in the studio. Yes, we're here at the Hills Podcast Studio. Last week, we well, last week, whenever that was, we trialed kind of doing it a what do you even call that? Uh, There's a word what do for they it. Call it. Yeah, it's escaping my mind. Well, we tried a home remote. job. Oh, remote. Okay, because I was going to call it a home job. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a porno. Oh, well, anyway, we tried to do a, um, we tried to do it remotely. It was fine, but just for this week, we wanted to also come back to the studio and just be here i guess yeah yeah so how was your little week off what's new in rwani's world nothing much (laughs) where'd you sick last week oh my gosh yes i thought that i had covid did you get tested and i didn't i didn't no like i didn't have covid Uh, so yeah like that was a little bit of a I was like, oh my god, I caught the Rona. That was it. Fucking hell. But I was literally just in bed for like a whole week. And yeah, that's that's as exciting as it gets. <laughs> oh, look, what about you? I've just been, you know, going through the motions, having a slight mental breakdown here and there, reevaluating things, making big decisions, and trying to do what's best. But you know what's hard about being an adult? How do you know what's best? You don't. You don't. You just trial and error. You sort of just have to like head first. Yeah. Just and I dive in. I literally did that. Like I just head first when I made a big decision that could have potentially changed my life. And I just am waiting to see how that treats me. Yeah. You're doing good. You're doing amazing. Thank you. And that's why we went. That's why we had a little break. That's why we're here today to get back into it. Because you know what? Out of all the craziness of life, I really find recording these therapeutic. Not that like you're giving me advice, but (laughs) just in the sense of being able to vocalise and have conversations. It's sort of like a journal. Yeah, with a response. Yeah, but like everybody else is listening to your journal. But I forget, like once it's uploaded, I forget people listening and I just appreciate having someone to bounce off that understands what I'm saying and he's willing to contribute or even disagree which we finally did for our last episode we had a bit of not disagreement but a healthy discussion that wasn't just us agreeing with each other yeah so I I really I think I probably I'm glad we took the break because just organizing the time to meet was would have been really hard during last week but now that we're here I I, I think I underestimated how much this has helped me and my mental health yeah especially during COVID yeah life and also like we're doing this out of the goodness of our heart it's not like something that we're getting yeah we're doing this for free like it's not like it's something that anybody does because a lot of work goes into it and you know we have our own lives we have our own problems so you know props to you like you have a million and one things going on (laughs) and this is just the one at the end of the million yeah like this is like the fact that you make time for something like this that you yeah like you don't you know i think i'm just so used to being busy and this chaos that runs my life that i'm just like yeah why not but like last week having it off i was like this you, is why not are you like a yes person oh definitely like you say yes to everything it was really hard for me to tell like to say to you hey can we kind of not record this week man i replied i'm like yeah, whatever you yeah. know take the time and it worked out anyway because you were sick so you know the universe perfectly aligned for us but i was still really scared because i didn't want to be the one to let us down yeah but you were sick anyway so it was perfect Mm-mm. 
So that's our little catch up. Yeah, that's us. That's what we <laughs> were doing. As much as you're going to get from us. Yeah. Sorry. You'd have to guess the rest. And if you know, you know. And if you don't, yeah. you don't. You already get to know so much of us. So we've got to keep some I'm like, I don't know where the fine line is between – because we talk about certain topics, mm. but I don't know – it's like, do people want us to be more personable? Do people yeah. want to know? Yeah, you're not ate for breakfast, like, like I don't know how much people how expect to get out of us. Yeah, like when we because say we're having problems, you want to know what they are. Because like I'm a very private person. I'm learning that I am. I thought I was an open book, but it's come to my attention that I'm very selective and intentional with what I share. No, I'm not an open book. Like, <gasps> it takes a while. Like we've been doing this for a couple of months. Yeah, and like. Just little bits and pieces yeah, every single time. Every time. You know, like I I think it's the fact that I hate the fact that people know yeah. too much. Because you don't share a lot on, on your social media. So this is literally the opposite of what you Exactly. Do. Anyways. Anyways, so the way we're gonna introduce our topics from now on is by posing this simple question. What triggered us? <laughs> And today it's what triggered, what triggered Lani. Lani. <laughs> it, honestly, usually it is. So we'll start with what triggered Lani. Just a bit of background. I love musicals. Love, 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 love. Can't relate. Yeah. Musical theatre. I love um, soundtracks to movies. It's just, it's a whole vibe. And one a musical that I was what that I watch religiously every day, and I've gotten my kids into it. My son goes, "Mommy, where's the king? The king!" So it's so good because my aim as a parent, amongst other things, was to get my kids into what I like because I like to listen to musicals all day, just keep them on play throughout the house. So now they ask for it, so it's a win-win for me. I finally did it. Anyway, so one that I was recommended to watch by my brother is Hamilton. So Hamilton is, uh, it's on Disney now. They recorded it live in theatre, which is amazing. And it was, um, it's by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yep, that's his name. And he's the, um, he also did the music behind the Moana soundtrack. And he's in, he's done a lot, a lot more than just that. Mm. But that's just to, you know. That everybody knows. Yeah, just for those who don't know. Um, and the story is about Alexander Hamilton, who's one of the founding fathers of America. I know that's a thing that they talk about, but like, I just know that's what he is because they say it a lot in the musical. Anyway, when I watch musicals, like my heart, it just melts. I get so happy and I get so into it. It's just one thing in life that I love. And like, I've never felt so many emotions as I do when I watch musicals. And Hamilton, for more reasons than one, it did that to me like multiple times. But specifically, I was watching it and um, I didn't really pay attention to, like I was in between doing so many things. When I finally sat down, there was a scene where three sisters walk in. Do you want to give a little bit of a rundown about what Hamilton, Hamilton is about? Yeah, so it's Alexander Hamilton and his uh, journey to becoming the man that he was, which was one of the founding fathers of America. I think he's on their $10 note because they do mention that in a song. Mm. Um, and he's, I think, the Secretary of State, the first one. So it was big politics, like big politics. I don't know. A lot of it I didn't actually understand. And yeah. I was like Googling the whole time, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Because as well, their government's very different to ours. Mm. But it was around the time um, there was a lot of talk about slavery, abolishing slavery and things like that. So that was a bit of that. Anyway, there was one scene where there was three sisters and one was like Latino, one was African-American and one was just Caucasian. And I was like, huh, back in those days, they didn't really... Um, have children of different ethnicities like it wasn't like it's not like it was today 
the time frame they were doing this it didn't make sense and i was like oh that's curious i'll wait and see and then they had another guy another actor he was black and i was like i don't think black people were in power back then yeah based on the historical context of the story and then i watched it and i was like this must be intentional it has to be so i did my googles and i watched a couple interviews and lin-manuel actually said that the casting they did was based on talent it wasn't based on historically that should have been an all-white cast because it's america back in those days when they were being founded this is also around the time where they were fighting with england about the tax of tea taxing tea so that for those who know history that's the time frame we're talking about so historically there shouldn't have been any black people in power especially not any mixed children you know but this was very multicultural the whole um the whole production it's it's whatever anyway so then he has an interview and he says that the story that they were telling was about america then and america's history being told by what america looks like now so although those sisters technically shouldn't have looked like that based on history america now does look like that alexander hamilton was played by lin-manuel miranda who i'm pretty sure is puerto rican and then there's um one of the other guys he's black we've got there's like heaps of um african americans in there there's heaps of just people who aren't just white and then i was like wow like my heart was so happy because i was like look at that representation ding 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 that's the word of the day we need to have like a buzzer representation Representation. wait i want one of these which one is it i don't know never mind anyway <laughs> just my imaginary i was buzzer. trying to, i was trying to press a button and, and it didn't work <laughs> we'll get there one day we'll have effects okay just wait so the today's buzzword is representation and that is what triggered me and to define representation Rwani's gonna take over to carry oh, on okay yeah okay <laughs> So representation, I'm pretty sure everybody's heard it. It's being thrown around a lot these days, but this is the Google definition. The action of speaking or acting on behalf of someone or the state of being represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that covers yeah. it. Like basically just means like amplifying the voices or community that resonate or identify with your own set of values and morals. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. Which could, so to break it down, you could be seeking representation for a cultural group, ethnicity, religious group. Um, It could even be, I know that there are certain groups such as those within, what's the correct terminal? I don't want to like be offensive, but a lot of um, people with a handicap might be seeking representation. Disabled. Yeah, so disabled people could be looking for representation. Plus size, you've also got those who, um, with certain conditions, seeking representation. Could be an age group. There could be mm. a lack of um, representation of certain age groups within the media, or even family situations. We could just be used to seeing, um, you know, mum, dad, and two kids. That's represented a lot. Underrepresented, overrepresented. This is a point of representation. Mm. Yeah. Now that we're on the topic, you know, like. If a lack of representation in broken families, mm. I know we talked about this and we'll probably do an episode on it. Yeah. But you don't really see many broken families yeah. in the media. Actually, I'm going to counteract that with I see a lot of broken families depicted to be African American. Oh, the people of colour, yeah. Yeah, how many times do you, you don't really see it as often and the way that it's portrayed is very different depending on. That'll be an interesting topic. That is. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) We need to have, yeah, I'm going to look for one. (laughs) So I guess the way that this is going to go, we're just going to have a back and forth at representation because I'm pretty sure we're not going to agree. 
But we're going to unpack. Well, we'll see. We'll see where this goes because we always start out with one idea and then we finish and we're like, yeah. <laughs> and we tried not to, like, we, we pre-discussed this and we had our little chat about where this is ideally going to go. But we didn't go too deep because we wanted to save that content for here. Yeah. So rewind you with the questions. That's what we're going to call you. Rewind you with the questions. Yeah. Well, she gives me a topic and then I'm like, I spiral. But you drag me down. (laughs) Okay. We'll start with the first question. Like, especially us as Polynesians, Mm -hmm. we, you know, we're both half casts and we're first generation Australian born. What is the point of representation under colonialism? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's a very big thing, especially for us. Like we're already going through our own identity crisis. Damn. We, you know, for me, I have Cook Island, I have Fijian. And then on top of that, because I'm first generation Australian born, I have Australian culture. So that's three different cultures that I need to learn. Yeah. So I'm already trying to manoeuvre my way through all of those cultures that I still haven't perfected. I don't think you ever perfected. Mm. But it's uh, like... I feel like it's too much for me to expect somebody to represent me in mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Because I haven't met a lot of Fijian Cook Islanders. Yeah. Especially that have made it, quote, you know, quote unquote, made it under capitalism. But it's sort of like, what is the point of bringing Pacific customs and traditions, et cetera, et cetera? What is the purpose of bringing that here to the Western world? where it's just going to be exploited and appropriated mm. and not appreciated. Yeah. Because I think we can all agree, like, you know, you've been back to Samoa, I've been back to Fiji, I've been back to the Cook Islands. The culture when you go to the islands is unmatched. Oh, yeah. There is no way that is depicted fully here in the Western world. We've got a home brand version here. Pretty much. Or you have people that are from the islands that come here and they try. But it's unrealistic to try like, to... Um, it would just be performative what we do here compared to what they're doing there. Yeah. But that, that is, yeah, and then again, like, what's the fine line? Because for me, I definitely want to be exposed, but then I know it's unrealistic because, you know, over here in the Western world, I I'm going to struggle with the language, I'm going to struggle with the dances, I'm gonna struggle with communicating with people that are from the homeland. Mm. But you know, where is the fine line between, you know, me representing a whole island, but it, it, you know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up in the homeland. Yeah. There's no way that I can carry that whole island on my shoulders. (laughs) So I think it's like, it's too much. That's your mini spiral. (laughs) I think for me, representation is important because looking at Australia specifically, that's because that's where we're from, especially... You didn't say Southwest. Where are you from? The West. Where do you identify? Just so I know for context for what we're talking about. I say Western suburbs. Okay, from the Western Western suburbs, we are so multicultural. And I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but I don't know any other place in Sydney that is as multicultural as the West. That's where Mm -hmm. where you go if you want to be in a cultural hub of literally so much. And I think that... Australia prides itself on being multicultural and it's something they like to sell to other people. And I just think in order for you to sell it, you've also got to be representative of who's here. We're not the Australia we were 50 years ago and we're not the Australia, we're not going to be the same Australia in 50 more years. So I just think that, you know, if you took, the media you consume ideally represents 
where it's coming from. But yeah. if I was to watch, for example, Home and Away, everyone knows Home and Away, I would just think that everyone lives on the beach, is blonde and tanned, and has potentially 1.5 children. Those three ways that like the representation. And it's not that it's media's responsibility to make sure that we're represented. I just think that, I guess as people as well, like, don't you want to be represented? Not don't, don't you want to represent your people? Don't you want more people to see people like you doing things that they might not think they can do? Yeah. But also, what is the point of fighting to get into white spaces? They're not going to love the culture as much as you want them to. That's true. That's almost like you're forcing an agenda onto somebody that can't comprehend how much culture and tradition means. Like, I don't, I've definitely spoken to people that are not, that don't really understand Pacific culture, depending on what island you're from. And trying to explain it to them is, you can just tell there's no understanding. They're not. But I think because here in the Western world, we're so individualistic, mm-hmm. whereas the Pacific community, we're very collective. Yeah. So I just... But is that a lack of understanding from a lack of exposure? Like I, for example, I know, I understand and I know a lot of other cultures because I'm exposed to them in my day to day. But imagine those people who live, for example, towards the Eastern suburbs who it's not as multicultural the only consumption, like the only exposure they would have to other cultural groups as much as we have would be through media. Mm. So, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't know what you don't know. But that's know. their own ignorance. It is, but then I just think that the numbers, like in terms of multiculturalism, there's a lot of, uh, with our generations and onwards, there'll be a lot of mixed race children as well. And that also means that we're moving into different areas and different spaces. So the white space is changing every day because whiteness just keeps changing because we have all these mixed babies and you know all this other stuff happening that the whiteness that we thought we had it's shifting and changing to fit in so like now certain cultural groups can go under white because they're white passing but that still comes with the knowledge of their culture and with their knowledge they might be from another area and they understand how other culture groups work Mm. But then, uh, like, I'm only going to speak on behalf of the Pacific because that's all that I can relate to. But then, like, you have back in the islands where they're already dealing, not dealing with, like, they're going through the process of wanting to decolonize every, like, their history. So they're still trying to come to terms or find, you know, what is colonial, like, what is colonial um, traits and what are indigenous practices. So they're so intertwined to the point. It's hard to separate this. Exactly. So if they don't, if they're fighting for that, what are we fighting for over here? I because th- we already have a misconstrued idea of what our tradition is. I think representation. It's a fight. It's not the biggest one. There's so much yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. And like on the list of what's important, it's not very high. But I think it's just something that even those who aren't able to give themselves fully to activism and to making a difference just to understand the why some people may feel the importance of representation Mm -hmm. but going back to what you were saying about um like you know decolonizing representation works there because in school we're told the white point of view there was a lack of representation in our learning i didn't know that pacific islanders came to what part of Queensland was it and they were doing the is it the sugarcane and the banana like there was a lot of trade happening around the time that um we learned student history but 
I digress. I didn't know that that was happening because the history that I was being told was different. There was a lack of representation from Indigenous groups mm. in our history because we're told white stories by white men. Yeah. So in terms of decolonizing, representation would help us decolonize so that we can put the two together and be like, wow, these coincide. They happened at the same time. We were just told one side of the story. Yeah. You're always going to, you're always going to, these history books, I tell you, they fucking throw them out. Throw your fucking history books out. I have no interest in my kids reading them, hey. Literally, you're always going to hear the side of the person that conquered. And you always, when you're reading something, you have to ask, what is the agenda behind this? The history that we were taught was just to keep us in line and keep us thankful. Thankful to the white man who got us here. But the history that I'm told from my family isn't the same. There's more to learn from. And that's, I think, what I mean when I say representation. Because imagine I'm a creator and I'm going to um, write a book, produce a movie, whatever. And the representation that I'm going to, I'm going to naturally lean towards representing my people because that's what I know. Mm-hmm. So this just goes back to the importance of us knowing things because that's what we will inevitably represent, which coincides and just slides us into the next point of negative representation. Yeah. Where are we over-represented, over-represented as, what do we, what do we, Polynesian, Melanie, I, I get really confused with the terminology. Pacific Islands. Okay. P-I-N. But then is Fiji part of that? Because I thought they're not. Yeah. Okay. The Pacific Ocean. Okay, cool. Countries in the Pacific Ocean. The people who are here in Australia, where are we being overrepresented? Not in crime statistics, but that's another thing. But in terms of representation on the media, what do you see? I see those fights in Ingleburn. I see those, I see stabbings. I see brawls. I don't see us being represented when there's anything good happening. Yeah, we're represented in a, like a negative connotation. Straight like, away. Always. Straight away. The only positive thing I saw that had I was surprised when I saw it was a Samoan family was, it wasn't even positive. That's what fucked me off so much. This family's house got broken into. Have you seen that one? It was a Samoan no. family and their house got broken into and the husband, um, the husband spoke to the burglar and the burglar was like, oh, sorry, it was the wrong house. And he left. It was somewhere out in Mountie. But... That was the closest I've seen to some positive representation when it came to a Samoan family. Yeah. I think the only time you see positive representation, especially in the PR community, are in the spaces that are curated by Polynesians or PI community. Yeah. Yeah, like in sport or, you know, you have like the Pacific Runway, Mm. like that sort of stuff. Those spaces that are curated by us. But it's by us for us because we're seeing a lack of representation so we're doing something about it. Yeah, so are we asking for too much to being put up on a pedestal in a white man's country? Well, this isn't a white man's country. Let me just say that. This is is the indigenous land, you know, the Aboriginals. But we live under capitalism, which is run by white people. Well, it benefits white people. So are we asking for too much to be represented in under a system that will never benefit us? I personally think when I think of representation, I'm looking at it as an encouragement for our people to do the work and change the narrative that we're being presented with and represent ourselves instead of letting ourselves be represented by what others have told us we are. But then that's contradictory because, well, that goes on to my next question. (laughs) Did you want to, we'll go into the next question. Like the self-love movement, Mm -hmm. which tells us not to seek outside validation, which is masked by representation. That's basically what it is. You're seeking outside validation because there's something that you are lacking. You're seeking representation because there is something that you're lacking within yourself. Yeah. So 
you know, what is it that you're missing that is making you think Seek, yeah. that you're incapable of achieving something? But I think realistically, not everyone has that in them, the knowledge that they can do whatever they want to do. And when life presents you with all these barriers that gets in the way, a little bit of representation can go a long way. Because it, it, for those who don't, ha- who don't have the support system or the knowledge or the self-worth within them, that's why people cling to ideas when it comes to celebrities, when it comes to songs and the art they consume. Oh, I hate celebrity culture. I really <laughs> hate when people look up to celebrities. Don't, I've been guilty of this but as I well. I understand why they do it. Yeah, I've been guilty of this as well. A couple of years ago, I'm like, no, fuck this. Like, celebrities aren't doing shit for me. I do, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's sort of like, once you look up to a celebrity, put them on a pedestal, you dehumanise and you objectify them. Oh, definitely. They're no longer a human. No. They're an object. Yeah. They're somebody that you aspire to be. But you would never be them. You're never going to reach that level. You can only be yourself. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. Like, did you did you think that you needed representation growing up? Yes, I noticed a lack in representation from a young age. Right. Because the things that... I've been a reader since I was, I think, like seven or eight years old. So the the books I was reading, they were great and, like, they elicited so much emotions in me, but they weren't relatable. And as someone... I'm talking... I used to read two to three books a week. So I've been doing that since I was about eight, which is about, what... 14 years 14 years of reading three books a week in about 50 weeks a year someone do the math and tell me what the answer ends up being that's a lot that's a lot of times that I have been able to find something that I can cling to and I can understand but I can't relate to and that just like I don't know I've also been a thinker always as well and I just I've just looked around and I'm like yeah cool but what does it have to do with me Right. Not that I'm reading to try and solve life's problems, but when you read, you do seek something from that. And it's it been it's like when you listen to music. Actually, I don't listen to music to try and find something to relate to. But when I find a song I can relate to, it's not that I want every single thing to be relatable, but just even if the essence of it is relatable, I'm like, yes, there it is. I get this. I'm vibing with this because I can relate to it. So to throw it back to you, were you seeking representation or have you ever seeked representation not really like because i was i always had like positive affirmations from my mum telling me you know this guy is the limit you can do whatever you want so in my mind this guy is the limit like there is nothing that i cannot do you need to seek it so i feel she never told me oh you know we need we should have polynesians in this movie we should do this we should do that like she never did that yeah so it's not until, you know, I sort of became an adult and then, you know, there are so many um, obstacles in the way of you achieving your goals. Mm. You know, I'm a daughter of, an, of immigrants. I'm a woman of colour. I'm a Polynesian. I grew up in the Western suburbs. I wasn't born into wealth. I was born in the middle, lower class. I don't, what are we? Middle? So, yeah, I think it's like middle, lower, isn't it? Middle, whatever. I was born into the middle class. So, like, there are so many different obstacles that, you don't really learn about yeah so but did you not learn about them because they weren't being represented Ooh. i don't think that's representation <laughs> though i think yeah. that's that's how good the system is to be honest yeah, but in terms of like what we're being exposed to again going back to a lot of this i'm talking about is media and even even just in school when we learn we're told things are a certain way but they're not 
and that that's that's a lack of diversity and a lack of like across the board we're just being kind of sold one thing i don't know actually you know what i saw that just came in my mind which is good because it comes back to like what we are being represented as so there's a artist she's from new zealand have you heard of her her name's disciple putty have you seen her film clip pop up she, oh yeah she won yes, an award yeah so one part i could it was so funny though because like the the men have writing on their chest and i think there's more writing somewhere else but like it wasn't in order so i was trying to figure out what it said and it i ended up figuring it out it took me a while but it said um right now if i don't get it right i'm gonna butcher it Fuck, it was actually sorry. Just let me you better YouTube that yeah, freaking video. Yeah, I'm just video. gonna quickly look it up. <laughs> um, anyway, so I found it, and what it had said was, "Are we still thugs when you watch us play sport?" Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's referring to the negative representation of specifically Pacific Islander men as thugs. But then why is it okay for them? Like, why is there a positive air around that when they're playing sport? And like to me, this is why representation is important because the narrative that some people imagine someone doesn't. I always do this story time. Imagine someone doesn't have much support at home. Their parents are busy. They're working. They've got ten kids. They don't have the time to invest properly into each child, and that child is left to their own devices. And a lot of the time, kids who are left like that, they either turn to their family, they outside of their immediate family, they turn to their friends, school, or media their family trying to encourage them to be be the next sporting star and to be that and it's just contradictory to what you know that it's no there's no consistency but for these kids who don't have anyone else but what they're consuming representation is the most important thing to help them to seek that to seek more than where they are yeah so it's not everyone thing and also this is in no way saying that people should get hired simply because of like oh because you're brown we need to see more of you you should be hired because i've seen people do that and it never works it's just that instead of relying on the outside services and the outside like industries to hire us it's just about us also having faith in ourselves and doing what we want to be represented in you don't have to do it because you want to do it for other people but you can do it and the more that we all realize that we can do whatever we want to do will be represented because the numbers will not lie. Yeah. And also in terms of like um, healthcare services and things, wherever we're represented, there will be funding and money available. But if we're being underrepresented, you're not going to have the funds to do so. For example, last year, this year, last year, last year I started to run a play group that was specifically for Pacific mums because I just felt like there was a lack within the services of Pacific specific specific groups it was also for young mums because i just i from my own experiences realized that the interactions that we have they can be negative because we are young mums and sometimes you just want to be able to talk to someone who can relate to you that's what again representation is about anyway so we were um, seeking funding from different local government agencies and things like that and they said if you can get the numbers you can run the group but right now there's a lack of representation of this group that you're trying to run because people aren't showing up we're not going to yeah. have things done unless you show up. So this is, again, this is the encouragement that I'm trying to pass on. Show up to where you want to be seen and more people will show up and more will hopefully happen. But we also don't need to rely on the white man to be doing things for us. We need to do it for ourselves. We know where we know what we need. But then you talk about people not showing up. Like, how do you know that people, like, 
we want those spaces curated yeah. for us. Like if nobody's showing up, then maybe it's just not like for what you've created, but for anything in general. Like if not many people are making it to where we want to be represented, what makes you think that the rest of us want to get there? My personal opinion is people aren't showing up to white spaces because like you said, they're curated by white people. Mm-hmm. So we need more done for us by us. Yeah. I think it's definitely like a a Western thing. Like yeah. we here as the people that were like first generation born, we're the ones that want the representation because we're the ones that have the, the identity problems. Yeah. Because, you know, we want to see more of us so that we can look up to them. But it's sort of like... I would rather go back to the homeland rather than see it in mainstream media where it's misconstrued and totally misinterpreted. Like, I don't think the person that's going to make it is going to be the whitewashed person. Yeah, potentially. But I like, when I go to the islands, I like how all their media is obviously all the people that are there. Yeah. They look like that. Because there is, they're, they're the majority. Yeah. But then we're also creeping up. Like, multicultural Australia is not being reflected in media yeah but i also think representation like personally like whenever i see something being represented that i that's been lacking i feel so happy and the point that i wanted to get made sure i get across today was why do you think that so many youth resonate so much with the emergence of the polynesian drill scene because they're seeing people who look like them dress like them in the areas that they are from representing what they believe to be true they've i can when i was younger i do not remember seeing as much of us on tv we've made it to mtv we've made it to spotify i can refresh spotify and see potentially four different groups or artists who look like my family for people who are looking for hope and are trying to find something more in life, I can understand why. That's why a lot of parents are like, it's so violent, there's so much swearing. What's the bigger picture? Your kids are being represented. I may but not in ag- the wrong connotation, like in yeah, the Yeah, I was wrong about to say, I may not agree well. with what they're saying and I may not think that the some of the messages being put across are positive and I'm not saying that. But if we were to separate all of that and see it for what it is, it's representation. People want to be represented. And that is what... What's the word I'm looking for? The message. Yeah, like the message is... <laughs> that's why people... Like, I know people who don't even like the music, but they're like, but you know what? Yeah. Since they're repping, representing, I'll give them my time. I'll give them my money. I'll support them because of what they stand for, which is, you know, they're kind of against each other. But... It's representing you. I've never seen, like, I all these places I used to go to, like, I've not seen Mount Druitt freaking train station in a film clip unless I'm watching TV and it's a news report and there's a helicopter going around. I have not been watching, you know, when I flick on, I don't have Foxtel anymore, but when I'm watching film clips, I can see streets that I know in multiple areas. That's something that people, like, resonate with because they're lacking. People appreciate what they're lacking or what they're seeking without even realizing that just goes interesting 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 that just goes into it's very limiting to me to have that mentality though like especially if we're talking about like music these days completely wrong connotation of the representation that i feel like we need younger generations need yeah um i think if we're talking more 
positively, mm. I think we need to strip ourselves from placing a numerical value on the representation that we want to see. Yeah. So you're saying value instead of how many? Like, yes. Yeah. And I think that is why the drill scene, commend them for like making it in that, yeah. in that scenario. It, yeah. But, and like they, I don't even want to say the group's name, but like, you know, they've literally put on, they've opened up the gates for Australia. Yeah. Well, we'll just say it like one, four. Yeah. Literally, they have opened up the gates for Australia like the Australian music scene, yeah. I get it. And they're Polynesians. They just so happen to be Polynesians and I get it. But is that what our younger generations are looking up to as representation? I don't think anyone will be happy with that. But if what they're representing is a truth that so many people are living, shouldn't we then try and to I, change the narrative instead of worrying about what they're portraying? Because if that's their truth, their truth and what their perception of what their world is, it's limiting and it's not something that I personally want for my kids. But for so many people, the reason that they can relate so much is because they're representing that what they know a couple of the songs from multiple groups they talk about the struggle of their um not being able to put food on the table the struggles that they have as people who have to drop out of school and find ways to make money for their family and that comes down to a segregation classes upper class lower class middle class yeah we're segregated into that it just so happens that majority of like polynesian communities like we're or depending on what generation you are yeah majority of our families are immigrants yeah so we're obviously going to be at the bottom like yeah. we got to start from the bottom up but like that's just a reality and like even though you want to see representation in places like on mainstream media or like on music if that's what you look up to and that's what you listen to on a day-to-day basis it's just like is that it i think it's a stepping stone to getting where we need things to be but like although that there's so many negative like there's so many I don't know, negative things to do with the drill scene. I can understand why people who are lacking a lot in their life or people who have yet to see people make it in their area, in their postcode, even just from the same cultural background at something other than sporting, I can see the potential for why this is so intriguing and so attractive to them. I do think it glorifies a lot of negative behaviour and I'm definitely not commending anything like that. But I can put that aside to look at why, I mean... I laugh when some kids who are from like, who are more well off, are trying to live this life because it's like, yeah, you don't know the struggle. The, the struggle e- when the eastern suburbs all of a sudden start wearing tans. Yeah, sit down, on bro. It's not, which is kind of you know that's comes back to a whole Anyways, lot of other things. But tangent, tangent. but the representation is there for those who are lacking and who want something to be able to listen to and be able to relate to not saying it's good not saying it's positive but it's their truth and realistically if you look at the community that we're in and how common this is how many i've heard nearly every single polynesian person that i know talk about the pressure to put food on their table not that they see it as a pressure but they see that as part of their life and to have that played in a song for them the representation's there because that's exactly what they need and what they can relate to but how is that going to help anybody else so now that they've made it yeah for those of for those people that listen to the music but they're not into music yeah how does that how does where they have made it how does that help us well, I guess two ways. The it rest either of just us. lets you be comfortable and you're like, cool, they did it, I Okay, can't. so they're, they're talking about my struggle. I get it. Like, we're all we're all from the... Well, I don't it's know. I'm assuming people that are listening to this are from the Western suburbs. Yeah, me too. Whatever. We're from the Western suburbs. How does that help us? 
Are they giving back? Well, I didn't really know if they're giving back to the community, but if the messaging behind what they're putting out, yeah. if that's the representation that we're talking about, because at the moment they're the, they're the buzz at the moment in the West, how is that helping us? Yeah. So we're just being put on our, our struggle is being put on a pedestal. Well, it's being glorified, just- definitely. But I think it can it can it can go two ways. And it's like anything. When you're given information, when you're given hardships and struggles, it's up to you what you do with it and what you choose to take with that information. So there are those who I'm sure are just seeing them and like, wow, so cool. Could never be me, but good on them. And they'll just put it in a dream box and just keep dreaming about it. Or there are those who can use it, which is what I encourage everyone to do, to try and do better and move forward, to not have your kids telling the world that you couldn't afford to feed them and that they did it for you for example i saw so um i'm just thinking of all the polynesians that i see in the media but from panthers jerome i never say his last name right but jerome he had an article with him and some of the other boys and it was just talking about how they give back to their family and the community and um yeah so that was like it was when i read it the first thing I thought of, again, because I think representation is just on my mind more than it is on yours, yeah. which is just because we think differently. So because we think differently, we just obviously we can't we're not we're not on the same page all the time, which is perfect because that's giving us this chance to discuss. So when I read the article about Jerome and his family, I thought, you know what? It's it's nice for lack of a better word it's nice to see something that people can relate to and that's where i think like the point of this for me is representation is giving people something to relate to and it's up to them what they choose to do with that relatability do you want this to keep happening do you want this to become a cycle of our generations continually saying that our family struggled and we got them out of it or do you want to be the one who makes the change just say what you're thinking i can see your thoughts i'm trying to formulate the um, yeah like what I'm thinking. Yeah, I I think what it is is like we always seek the representation at the ones that have impacted the masses over over the ones that are, uh, are, the are impacting us and doing the work in our communities, in our like tight-knit communities. Say, yeah. for instance, I grew up in Maryland. In Maryland, what are they doing? Yeah. In uh, Campbelltown. Ew. I was like, what are you? <laughs> Campbelltown. Like, Campbelltown. What are they doing? I'm sure there are like little community groups or something. Yeah, but that we they just do choose to. On a regular basis. But what are they doing in Maryland? I haven't got anything in my mail. I ha- No one's like yeah. approached me about. So, groundwork approach needs so to. So, groundwork be. approach. Yeah. It's like you have to start in your own community before you look up to people because that's great. You have a role model. You have somebody that's made it in the drill scene. How are they helping you as an individual? Mm-hmm. It's not. They're not. Yeah. Well, they might be, I don't know, freaking motivating you in the gym, but that's great. Maybe one more. You know, like what more are they doing? Yeah. No, I get it. And I've actually recently, I've heard a lot of people say this similar to what you're saying. Like, yeah, this is cool, but like it's a bare minimum. Like, can we step up and do more? Like, why are we happy taking this? This is not what we need. Like, we're better than this. But that's just a, such a broader concept that I think, like the little, like the little things that I think we need to see, especially in the the, the PI community, changing our mentality, changing our you know not changing our culture, but like <laughs> learning more about our culture, so more cultural events, more like dis, like constructive criticism in terms of like the discussions that not destructive criticism that's the wrong thing dissonant uh, cognitive 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 dissonance yeah Yeah. like those sort of discussions because when I was growing up nobody was having the conversations that I was having yeah 
nobody. But then couldn't you say that us doing this podcast is starting that? We're yes. doing the groundwork. Yeah. So like, exactly. Like we're doing something for free. I don't know if it's impacting anyone. I hope it is. But it's it's sort of like, what is what is the point? Yeah, you know what? Now that we're talking about our podcast, it's sort of like, we started this podcast and I don't think that we... We didn't expect because we were both Polynesian women that we would be identified. Put in that box. So I was about to say segregated, like segregated into oh, yeah. not segregated, um, just separated. Yeah, or like we were category. We'll put in that category of Polynesian podcast. I never thought from I would the western be. suburbs. Like yeah. obviously that that is what we are, but like we you know we're. We're getting tagged in things with other Polynesian um, creatives, creatives, and we never identified and like, that. And I, I, I don't think that was the purpose of our podcast, but I think that's how people are viewing us. So, and the representation that we're giving as well. Yeah, and I guess that this is us starting something without us even knowing it. But it's just like I hope people are taking. Like small snippets of what we're talking about And we're impacting somebody But like Don't expect us To do the work for you Yeah, We're here to facilitate conversations And to hopefully I don't, like if you listen to this and You don't actually learn anything That's fine, but if you just have a conversation From what you heard You don't realise that these are just Not that we're, you know, oh so holy And we're right about everything But I personally believe and I know because I interact with a lot of people, the conversations we're having aren't the ones that everyone else is having. And we just need to be having more conversations, just conversations of substance and conversations in general. It just shouldn't be, I like that, that's cool. Why do you like that? Why do you think like that? What got you there? You know, there just needs to be more. Before we go on a tangent. There's just need to, (laughs) there's a lot of unlearning that I feel like needs to be done in the Polynesian community. And that's where I think we should start. Instead of looking for and people to represent us. the fact that, especially if you have children or if you're thinking of having children, what are you going to pass on to your children that, yeah. or what are you going to give them a lack of? It's a lack of a give better it. word. Yeah. Or what is, a, what is the something that you're going to be lacking in that you're passing on to them that's going to want them to be represented outside of your parenting, mm. if that makes sense. I literally just formulated that question in my mind. But you know what I mean? Like if I had a a parent that spoke positive affirmations onto me every day, there was nothing holding me back. Like the sky is the limit. See, whereas I think growing up with a white mom who was, I would say the main parent, there was a lack of representation for me because I didn't have much uh, family who was doing, I guess, things that weren't just a stereotypical of us so she was seeking representation to show me that despite what you see or you may be exposed to there is more Mm. because she knew from a young age that she wasn't a brown woman and that I was going to be so she was seeking representation to help me with what she felt she could be lacking damn we made some points today why do we we're, always, st- we're still going. We're, we're still, still going, going, but like... Do you have any questions? Um, Let me check my notes. All right, so what about this question? Okay, so if you're the privileged person mm-hmm. in the position that everybody aspires to be in, are you obligated to represent people that look like you or resonate and identify with you? So, I don't know, everybody, everybody knows The Rock. 
Mr. Dwayne Johnson. So, do you think he's obligated to represent the Pacific Islands, even if he didn't? Where did he grow up? I have no idea. Was it? I think he was. He was in the states. I'm sure he's not like. Was a, it he's not fresh. Samoa? No, I'm. I'm so sure he's not fresh from America Samoa. But he's still, even though like his his high caliber and like where he is, he still gets bashed when he tries. Like when he tries to speak Samoan <laughs> yeah, that was funny. or. You know, like, he still gets sort of dragged and you see it all the time. Yeah. Like, even when he does the haka. Everyone wants I saw that. I saw, like, in one of the movies how, I don't know, he's like, there's a little girl's team and they're doing the haka. Yeah. And he was getting slammed. Yeah. So it's all like, is that the representation that you want if it's misconstrued, if that's what people expect? True. If you want to be represented, you want it to be represented right. Yeah, that's true. He was born in um, California. (laughs) Where did he grow up? Uh, briefly in New Zealand and then North Carolina in Connecticut and wow. white, 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 white. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, so um, to answer your question, I don't think anyone's obligated to do anything they don't want to do, but I think this whole idea of representation is also a very, um, it can be linked back to the cultural identity and like the collectiveness that Pacific Islanders have because as you said and then like should he be because do you remember when um, in Samoa the measles um, epidemic that was going like people were saying that he should have spoken up but why does he have to yeah like is he obligated to just because he's Samoan? But I he doesn't know the full extent of it. He's not a he's not accredited f- professional. And he's not even from there. Should he, should he be the one to speak on behalf of Samoa? Because, because he's, he's Samoan famous and, yeah. and famous. Like if he has, if has, he's had no connection. Yeah. Not to say no connection. I'm sure like he There's has and he represents, there, and we all know that he's Samoan and half black, black. African American. We all know this, but it's like. Is he obligated? I don't think he is. I think it's a very collective idea because Pacific Islanders are very much like it's an us thing. What you do falls back on your family, whether it's positive or negative. So we just expect that those who look like us will continue to do for us. Not necessarily a good or a bad thing, but now that I'm thinking about it. That's the Western mentality. Because if you live in the Western world where – the system that you're under is very individualistic where you have to care for yourself before you care for others. Yeah. Whereas in the PR community, we've, we're part of a collective and you yeah. have to care about the collective. Which is where that whole... Which is where there is a there's a huge disconnect when you come yeah. here. And especially if you're first generation Australian born, but your parents are still immigrants. And they're telling you what you're still they still have that mentality from the islands that you need to take care of us. You need to yeah. blah, 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 blah. Whereas you can barely afford, if you work, you can work a whole ass week and you can barely afford to look after your own family. Yeah. You let alone your parents. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing if your parents. It's not. You're, yeah. That's another day. That's another day. We'll get bashed <laughs> another day. We'll save that for unpopular opinions. <laughs> But to answer your question, I don't think anyone's obligated to do anything and I understand why people think They're he not, is. Yeah, I don't think, like, if you're the privileged person that's in that position, I just think you're not obligated, hurt. but it's like nice. the masses expected of you. I don't expect anything from anyone, I mean, to with the amount of money he makes, a little bit wouldn't hurt to go to other places. But we also don't know the, uh, what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know he where could be in, goes. like, a philanthropist, for exactly. all we know. We don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. But then, you know, like, The Rock is the only one in that position. So, where is the fine line between representation and tokenism? 
So what would you define tokenism, tokenism as? Well, I have a definition. I'm sure you do. I have a definition. <laughs> so tokenism is the practice of doing something only to prevent criticism and give the appearance that people are being treated fairly. So I'll say tokenism is sort of performative in a way. Like it's always sort of using the same people um, in oh campaigns with large followings. You know what it is? Sort of. Like you're always using the same people to represent yes. the collective because they're Tokenism is – so there was a netball team, Australian netball team, and they – it was an Indigenous round and they used an Indigenous girl for all their advertising. And Did they, they let her play? No. <gasps> <laughs> They didn't let her play. And On the Australian team. And even. she was used, from what I read, she was used for every single press conference and everything. That's yeah, tokenism. that's tokenism. Yeah. Well, even in the PR community, like whenever there's like... Events. I'm just going to say events. Like, you know, it's always the same... Same faces. People, the same faces that are representing the rest. Is that representation? Is that what you wanted? Mm. You're putting one person on a pedestal. What about the rest of us? Like, we don't all look the same. We don't all act the same. We don't all have the same knowledge. I struggle with representation when, for things, for example, when they're representing, like, Polynesians and they pick people who don't look like... like Polynesians can look like a lot of things. I understand we don't all look the same. But if you were to be trying to represent Polynesians... It's like all, all the beauty pageants and a lot of the half-caste girls win. It's just mm. not representation. And it's not that we're less, and I've said this before, I'm no less Samoan, but if we're trying to represent, it needs to be reflective. I don't know. I'm just so You know what, let's bring this back to us. Like, I'm going to ask you, do you think, like, what do you think that I represent? Like, when you, because we don't, we don't know each other, we don't really know each other, but, like, do you think I represent the Pacific community? I think you represent yourself as an individual. Yeah. I don't see you representing any specific group. But if I was to list what things you'd represent in order, I would say yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I would say being half cast, not necessarily which one, just that title. Yeah. And then I think I would... Those two are the main two and then a woman. But I don't think I would look at you and be like, oh, yeah, she's like Stokel Kylander. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like doing so much. Okay, yeah. I don't know. It's just like when I tell people like, you know, I'm, oh, my mum's called full Cook Island. They, they want the percentages. It's yeah. like, oh, so how much, how much are you this? How much are you? I say that I'm Chinese as well. And they're like, oh, what? Are you like one in 16th Chinese? And I'm like, no, no, no. My grandmother is literally Chinese. Like, yeah. But like, well, how are you Fiji? And I'm like, well, my, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. they want the percentages. So it's like. I'm not going to put a percentage on it. I'm like, I'm this and I'm this yeah, sort of thing. But I always want to like, I, I've even had like younger cousins and stuff. Like, oh, I look up to you. I'm like, oh, poor child. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong bitch. But yeah, like, I guess I would love to represent the Polynesian community. But I also know that it's... You know, I need to take care of myself mm. in under the system that I live under. That's like why you was... need to be an individual before you're a part of the collective because you can be a part of the collective, but your your life could be f- fucked up if you invest so much in the collective. If you, you forget yeah, who if you, you invest, are. invest, invest, and then like you don't get anything in return, and like I can definitely do that. I can definitely give, 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 and get nothing in return, and I'm still satisfied. Mm. But I'm just like, that's not good 
for you know me no. financially because yeah. you know if you want to live in this world you need to financially be stable yeah so i know that i need to take care of myself mm. and on top of that i'm selfish and i'm an only child I yeah. <laughs> like when i look at you like you're you're a mum and you do like you do represent both sides of you as well like you're because you're a half class as well and you also like represent people that are opinionated and and you want to you know have tough discussions like the one we're doing like you really wanted to start this podcast so i'm like that's what you represent <laughs> yeah so yeah i just wanted to throw that out there to see what we represent because i wasn't really sure <laughs> well actually that's so in terms of representing i never identify as like i identify as polynesian but i never think like because i know the way that i think is outside of the norm when it comes to the way that polynesians curate themselves i never identified as a polynesian creator because i just think the way that i think is very different to your average to the to the majority so being as we said like approached as polynesian creators Mm -hmm. i'm still shook like not in a bad way it's a compliment but it's just not a category i would have put myself in Mm -hmm. but i'll take it yeah the polynesian creators i know can i put that in my bio and stuff (laughs) yeah but i guess we like we both have different interests as well and what we want to represent so yeah like i definitely would like to amplify the voices of the homeland Mm -hmm. like i would love to be a part of that discussion of how they're trying to decolonize the islands and i think we have the resources here so why not, I have yeah, more, why not help them out? I think I'm more interested in representing the ones who are here because we're dealing with the aftermath of over there. So the ones who are here, like the suicide rates among the Pacific community in Australia are shocking. The suicide rates in Australia are already too high, but when you break it down into the Polynesian community, the after effects of coming from whatever country they came from to Australia and adjusting and trying to acclimatise to this life, it's not happening and it's it's people are suffering so i'm interested in representing here so that's already a difference in what we Mm -hmm. doesn't make it one more important or one less important it just means that we're different different shit going on now end game's different we're just on the different like different sides of the spectrum yeah yeah i guess Man, that's how episode we like. We spoke a lot. Yeah, more than I thought we would have. In conclusion, in conclusion, I'd like to conclude. We'll just end it here because we could go on for a long time. And the points were made. I thought we'd need to go over the points to see if you got it, but I'm pretty sure you got it. Yeah, yeah. So in conclusion, do you think representation is important? Yes. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We gave Fuck you that. answers and we gave you. Like we we gave you our conclusion, which was yes and no, but we also gave you the why, which I think is so important. Yeah. So thanks again. I get it. I get it. Like rep- I, I personally think that you know representation isn't important, but you know I'll still represent. <laughs> oh my god! Let's cut it here. Before. I'll still represent before. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, once again, we're at the Hills Podcast Studio, Bella Vista Hotel, Lani and Wani. Thanks for coming and listening and letting like. us. Yeah, like, so, share. No, you can't like it. So yeah, you can. You can love heart it and it'll save it on, on Spotify. Do whatever you got to do. Oh yeah, tag us. And if you want to come for Rwani for anything she said, yeah, she's, you can DM me. DM her. DM the page. Let us know. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>